demanded an urgent and horrifying news story. Now, I don't know if this is the kind of hard-hitting news you're used to. Got some good news and I got some bad news. Now this could be the big story of the summer. Network is going to be wanting plenty of coverage. What do you mean silly? I mean, that, that's real news. Top story of the day presented by Kane Doolin McQuinn Young Law Firm. Check him out online at trialproven.com. Well, Angel, there we thought this was going to be official, and it, it still is right now. The college football playoff plan of um, you know what we had discussed as far as the five-seven model, going with the five uh, five highest ranked conference champs, and then your seven next seven. They're tooling around with some different ideas here, Angel. So we've got twelve right now. They're talking about how to get to fourteen, and if you weren't confused. Before you're going to get a little more confused now. So here's here's one idea, and apparently there's going to be several of them being pitched over the next however many months. That the Big Ten and the SEC would each receive three automatic qualifiers into a 14-team field, with the ACC and the Big 12 getting two each, and the Group of Five's best team qualifying as well. So nothing would change there with the Group of Five. They'd still get one in. Um, would also feature three at-large spots to the highest-ranked teams outside of the automatic qualifiers, which would ensure a Notre Dame-type school, and among two others. So they're calling this the three-three-two-two-one rule plus three. <laughs> so I don't know what math that is. <laughs> it's definitely just... not algebra. I mean, come for X. There's got to be an easier way to explain it and put it into. Uh, again, you're trying to you're trying to get the the conference champs. You're trying to get the at large bids kind of thing. You're trying to guarantee the bad the two better conferences get, get which I, I tend to agree with. You get you know the SEC gets ten, the Big Ten get or three, the Big Ten gets three. Um, do we like this model any better than the current model that will start up? As soon as this upcoming football season with the five and seven. Less numbers, so that's that's great. That's got to be a plus. Less numbers. Um, it's a little more clear for me because I understand you know, Big Ten SEC are going to be the, the two super conferences. So you want six. Um, the ACC, Big 12, they're still kind of hanging around. What happens to them? If the ACC loses Clemson and Florida State, what happens? Mm-hmm. Um, reading the article on ESPN, as for Notre Dame, sources say the most likely option would be that the Fighting Irish would earn a spot in the 14-team playoff if the selection committee ranks them in the top 14 on selection day. So this this proposal is to help out Notre Dame. That's how big Notre Dame is. That's yeah. how powerful Notre you, Dame you is. You have to keep them in. Whatever your opinion is on them, they're they're there. They are a blue blood of college football. They're always pretty good. Yeah, You're... they play a pretty, you know, pretty decent schedule, especially now with the realignment stuff. They can create their schedule how they want to. So you part. you would vote for this one as opposed to the current? If we're doing it this year, no, because I want to see how the twelve team works out. I want to go five years on this. But rule. I feel like okay, we're gonna get two years of the twelve team, and then we're going to fourteen. Hmm. And that's like, hey, here's two years for you guys to figure out your conferences. Big 10 SEC, if you want to add more. Big 12 ACC, if you want to do something else. Group of five. You're, you're very lucky you got a one spot. 
Yeah, which I think that, again, I think it will depend on the showing by the Group of Five school in the next few years. Now, this idea is is being pitched as something that could start in 2026, so not that far away. We would try the 12-team thing next year and the year after that, and then in 2026, maybe you roll out this new plan. Here's the thing, Group of Five. They might just give you two years. They might give you two years on this. And they'll change it because they know what may, they know what butters the biscuit, man. <laughs> they know what what's going to draw the ratings. The television side of the deal has already been agreed to in principle. Angel, uh, ESPN is poised to spend an average of nearly one point three billion dollars on the next playoff for six seasons. So they're prepared to go big, and then they're going to find massive advertisers for this. It's going to be a bunch of mini Super Bowls out there. Absolutely love expanding the playoffs, and I, I'm not knocking the 12-team idea, and I'm not really knocking the 14-team idea. And Angel, I suppose the three at-large bids, it potentially could give you room to have another group of five school in. You're going to have to have that other group. Your, your best group of five champ, your best top-ranked group of five champ would get in, but there's potential that you get another group of five school that's just lighting it up, but... Unfortunately, they're in a, the conference with a, with a champ that's undefeated, and maybe they only lost one game or something, and maybe they cracked the top 14. It's possible. This, this does open that up as a possibility. Yeah, just looking how the f- format would be made, just like the NFL, one and two would have a first-round bye, and you would have six first-round games. I don't hate it. I, I like expanding the playoffs. I think adding more teams to this thing is better. Uh, I also think you just make each each playoff team a bowl game. Now that or playoff game a, a a bowl game, the tough part about that is the the champ or the teams that move on are going to be playing in multiple bowl games. Is that fair? I don't know, but I I've always thought you just that's how you do it. You make every single playoff game a bowl game. Now, obviously, you're going to have your New Year's Six, but even beyond that with your first round being something. But they still want to keep bowl season and all that. Boy, bowl season is just going to seem like an afterthought, especially when you take 14 teams um, out of it. Yeah, and I think they'll still consider the uh, home team, home stadium games in the first round because I think that's an idea that people are going to get behind in the next two years in 12-team playoff. Could that change if they go to 14 and say, hey, we want a structured, everything is neutral site? For every single game, we'll find out, depending on how how it how it plays in the first couple of years. Angel, we knew this was going to happen. Aaron just texted this in too. Um, I think we all knew this was going to happen with college football playoff expansion. That just means the SEC and the Big Ten um, have the most dirt on people in college football to really make things happen. Um, I see, and I just go with you're looking at what makes you the most money. I mean, you could tell me until you're blue in the face that the idea of, you know, three or four group of five schools getting in is is appealing to the nation. It's not true. Notre Dame is appealing to the nation. Three SEC schools are appealing to the nation. Big Ten, Big Twelve, even ACC. That's more appealing to everybody. Oh, and it's three for at least those two conferences. Three, three, three automatic qualifiers. Yep. It, so well, is you it could, your? Your champ, and then two more automatic qualifiers, the next two in line? Yeah, and then you could have three more because that's the next three in the rankings. It's the rankings. Okay. So three, three, two, two, one.
and then three, three. <laughs> plus three. <laughs> we should get that on a T-shirt. College football playoffs, twenty twenty-six. Three, three, two, two, it's like one. In parentheses plus three. is the three, three, two, two, plus one, and then outside parentheses is plus three. The plus one equals champion. That's that's already a T-shirt. I can see it. They're gonna, they're going to make that a thing. I would buy that shirt. The plus one is something the group of five's got to go on though. And again, I do think that potentially it does open it up where you would have an opportunity to get a you know those one of those at large bids, one of the three. I mean, Angel, if you're um, okay, what like let's say SMU is the best conference champ, okay, and they group of five, they get in. What if um, a Boise State they only lose one game and then they suddenly they beat a big time school at the beginning of the year and that, that helps them and they crack the top fourteen. It's not unthinkable. No. So there is a chance that an at-large, you could have two group of five schools in there. So I actually like this better because, it, it, A, it gives you more of the stud teams that you need to make it more watchable, more entertaining nationally. And then, B, guys like me that love the national aspect of it but also appreciate the group of five side of it, you get a chance to get, potentially, to get more than just one school in there from the group of five yeah well it's gonna you know it's always gonna come down to their strength of schedule who you're gonna be playing against the sec is gonna play eight big 10 i think is playing nine conference games acc big 12 you're gonna play your slot of games but who are you gonna be scheduling outside of those is the sec big 10 teams gonna be willing to play a second tier power four team and then that puts the group of five in a spot where you have to schedule the best teams, if you want a shot. You have to schedule them and beat them. Right. You, and that's going to make you, you have to put yourself out there a lot more. But I think it's a recruiting tool. Come here, we're going to go up against Michigan. We're going to be on the biggest stage ever. You go show up there. You could storm onto the scene, man. You absolutely storm onto that scene. So I think it's, I think it's good. I'm still excited about the 5 plus 7 thing. I think that's still, I think that's still pretty cool. But this would be interesting as far as what that might look like potentially. We'll talk a little more about that. Also, the Buffs get a big win last night. Let's talk about the Broncos as well. What did the Paytons have to say about the quarterback, the Russ thing, everything? We'll look into that on the other side. It's a whole show powered by uh, Chevron on Northern Colorado's Voice 103.1 at 1310 KFKA. the Rams with the Isaiah Stevens Show on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. This is Harrison Wynn with DNVR Nuggets. You're listening to The Whole Show on 1310 KFKA. We got a shout out to Lemons Heating and Cooling. They'll handle your heat situation, your air conditioner. We're not that far away from that being a topic of discussion, duct cleaning, they'll get it all for you. They got free estimates available, too, at lemonsheatingandcooling.com. 21 minutes after the hour. Poll question of the day, who's the bad guy in all of this? The Broncos or Russell Wilson? I don't really want to hear, you know, he's not a bad... There's nobody's a bad guy here. Russ isn't bad. 
You know, he, he just because he's bad at football now doesn't mean he's a bad guy. Well, you forgot about the, you know, a year, a year ago, the office stuff. You forgot about him wanting to isolate himself from his teammates and how that would make him. I mean, again, that basically says I'm more important than you. I'm better than you. I, I want an office away from everybody in the locker room so that I can do stuff up here and I can have my quarterbacks coach here too. Nobody else gets an office. Why should you get an office? Like, that's not a good move, bro. Like, that's not a good move. Uh, first advantage text line, 888-530-0043. Sean Payton said he was tired of seeing... He saw his shirt with... Uh, some fan was at a game, and he had the shirt on of all the quarterbacks that the Broncos have had over the years. And I don't know if you have that clip anymore, Angel, but Sean basically said he was tired of that, the idea is to stop adding names to that list that are just going to ultimately be scratched off very, very soon. Here's what Sean Payton had to say about that. I, I, I saw this like humorous meme the other day where there was a Bronco fan with a shirt on, and there was like eight quarterbacks' names with a cross through it, you know, and and he's drinking the quarterback Kool Aid and. I, you know, our job is to make sure that this next one, you know, doesn't have a line through it. Doesn't that tell you all you need to know? This next one doesn't have a line through it. Well, don't you have the? I mean, you obviously don't have the next one then, because Russ is just the way he said that is the next one. Well, if Russ was the guy, then he wouldn't be the next one. He because he's current, so Russ will be crossed off of that list. Very, very soon. I don't know what you got from like um, George Payton talking about what they're looking for in a quarterback. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, his stock continues to rise. I saw another mock draft today, Angel, that has the Broncos straight up, picking him at 12, that he will fall to 12, but the Broncos would get him. Here's George Payton talking about their philosophy a bit. I mean, it's the most important position in sports, so it's it's important, um, you know, whether it's from within. You know, that's why this is taking a long time. It's not just going to happen overnight. Our decision is very important. But uh, if you're going to draft one, I mean, that's that's obviously very difficult. And uh, and so we're going to put a lot of time into it, like we do every position. But the quarterback position is it's just that much. You know, there's more mistakes, it seems like, a quarterback, especially, you know, in the first round. I think um, for so many reasons, Denver just has to do this. Yeah, I know they need to build up on their offensive line. They need to get better there. I know they're trying to, you know, they want they they want some pieces on defense too. Maybe some some edge rushers, some guys in their in that three four set that would be outside linebacker. I think that they they're going to be looking at that potentially too. Maybe even another corner. Those are all great, but. Other than San Francisco, the one thing we've learned with teams in order to get to the Super Bowl, in order to be good every year, is you got to have a good quarterback. Everybody in the playoffs this year, save for Brock Purdy, most of those guys were first-rounders. You know, Lamar, Patrick Mahomes was a first-rounder. Um, Joe Burrow was out. Obviously, the Bengals weren't there. Uh, why am I blanking out on every team that was in? Jordan Love was a first-rounder. Jordan Love, Tua, C.J. Stroud. Stroud. Um, jo- Josh Allen. Round. No. Ma- Baker. Yeah. These are all first-round guys for the most part. So that's what the trend continues to show you. 
I mean, I don't think San Francisco is going to change the trend. I don't think a lot of teams are like, let's just throw contracts everywhere else and hope we get lucky with Brock. It's so rare that that would happen. I, maybe, maybe it's not that rare. I don't know. It doesn't seem like quarterbacks that aren't taken in the first round are just growing on trees, does it? No, but I mean, even Purdy was one of the better quarterbacks in his class. It's just how he fell that far, we don't know. Yeah, that was he weird. He probably should have been a fifth-round pick. Yeah, he probably should have been. But he kept falling, and there you go. You took him, you got him at Mr. Irrelevant, and it worked out. And You always should draft a quarterback. I think that you should always draft a quarterback, no matter, no matter what your need is. Because guys can get hurt, guys can get disgruntled, but you, you do it late. You know, if, if you have your guy, like the Chiefs, probably not a silly idea for them to take a quarterback in the seventh round. You know, guy that you're grooming up there and, you know, maybe in five years he learns from a home. I don't think he would, you know, seventh rounder sitting as a backup for five years. They would take that. I saw a clip the other day of uh, Kevin Malone. I don't know. The guy that plays him. He's a big football guy. Oh, the office? Yeah. He was talking about the Packers and how everyone thinks, oh, they just got lucky with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers and all that. Well, Truth is, they sat them for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Is that something that teams should look at more? And saying, we'll draft our guy second, third round, or, for, or you know, late first, yeah. and sit him for a year or two. I don't think because that's a bad plan. Because now the expectation is, you're Trevor Lawrence, you got to start. You're CJ Stroud, you got to start. You're Bryce Young, you got to start even though the rest of your team is bad. Yeah. I think that's a... I, I kind of like the idea of even if you're bad, you bench him. And then he starts with like five games remaining. Kind of like, honestly, like what the Broncos did with Drew Locke. I like that philosophy. They just botched it completely by saying, hey, you got some momentum. You're looking good. See you later to your offensive coordinator. Let's bring in Pat Shermer. So they ruined Drew Locke's career. I still stand by that. As important as the quarterback is, he's only as good as his offensive line. His offense, yeah. Throwing well, a rookie out in front of a meh offensive line. It's, it's going to make you look at your rookie quarterback differently than you did at drafting. Well, and Sean, Sean Payton's offense is complicated. Everything we're hearing is it's complicated. So throwing a guy out there day one, you might ruin him. You know, you could ruin him. Sam Darnold admitted when he started in his career, started seeing ghosts, and that was it. He's never recovered since then. So you got to be careful. So I'll propose this. What if you draft your guy? At 12. Russ is not here anymore. Later, Russ. And you go get a bridge guy like a Mac Jones. Sign a two-year deal? Sure. I mean, maybe then at that point, why not just stay with Jarrett Stidham? Is Mac Jones that much? And I'm asking, is Mac Jones that much better than Jarrett Stidham? Probably a little better. Is it worth trying to bring in a different contract? I I don't think Mac Jones is a starter. I don't think he's going to get a starting contract, but... You know, See, and I be a, a two-year bridge guy, and maybe you develop him for two years, get him better, trade him away. Seattle going to start Drew? I don't know. Is he is he a, is he a free agent? I think he is. Maybe I don't know. I'm not sure. But my point is, what about Drew Locke? <laughs> Come back to Denver. Be the bridge guy for the Broncos. And then J.J. McCarthy sits behind, doesn't learn from Drew Locke. And a lot of people confuse that, and they go, he's learning from Drew Locke. 
No, he's not going to learn from the quarterback directly. He's going to learn from his strengths, from his mistakes. He's going to learn everything, what to do, what not to do. He's going to learn about the offense. He's going to learn from the head coach, not the quarterback. That's why when, like, could Tebow stay on this roster and Peyton teach him stuff? No, 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 no. That is not the quarterback's job if they do neat. But the quarterback should be learning from the, the coaching staff, learning about the philosophy, the play calling. And that's going to be from your head coach. Drew Locke is a free agent. So he's a free agent. I would sign him today. Nobody else is going to uh, in the first wave. So he'll be there for the second and third wave. You want to come back to Denver? They screwed you over. We'll get it right. I'd take Drew Locke in a heartbeat, Does he Angel. sign that knowing there's a rookie waiting for him? Or does he have enough confidence you, to say, yeah. I'm going to win this job either way? And that'd be great. I'd love it if Drew Locke won the job and it was the next three years of Drew Locke. And then your backup is J.J. McCarthy or Michael Penix. No, Michael Penix isn't going to be a backup for five years. He'll be 97 by that time. So you've got to be careful there. Um, I think with Drew Locke, you're better, aren't you better off beating out a rookie quarterback that, you know, other than, other than Caleb Williams? Aren't you better off beating a quarter, beating a quarter uh, a rookie quarterback than a than a Geno Smith kind of guy right now or a Baker Mayfield? Maybe, but what's the head coach want to do? What's the front office? Oh, I could do? I could see I could definitely see a scenario where the Broncos draft a quarterback at twelve, and they either believe in Jarrett Stidham to start or they do sign a Drew Lock. I my gut tells me they're going to draft JJ McCarthy at twelve, and Jarrett Stidham will be the starting quarterback to start the year. Let's tanker her up. Let's tank her up. Let's let's get after it and lose. Hurry up and lose. And then we'll draft J.J. McCarthy, either a weapon or somebody on defense the next year. And then 2025 will be the season to get back on, ta- on top. you got to put up with it. but buck that trend of your fan base saying, we want McCarthy, we want whoever to start. He's the rookie. He's our guy. He's the future. We want him to play now. Yeah, and you'll start him if Drew starts to struggle or Jarrett starts to struggle. Freudian slip there. Um then you start him with like five games left. Now we're going to see what this kid has. And then what if he lights it up and it's, ah, oh, why didn't we start this guy earlier? You know, and you're going to get that, but that's how it goes. Is that, is that how that's it was how with it was, Exactly how it was with Drew Locke. Because he went, what, 3-1 and one or 4-1 and one or something one and like one. that? Yeah, exactly. So what do the Broncos do? We screwed up. Our bad. Let's get rid of his offensive coordinator. Yeah? You guys good with that? Well, what yeah. if it's not a choice? What if OC gets hired somewhere? Yeah, this was and the not. guy that you brought in to coach up your rookie is now gone. Well, that's the thing. Scangarello was just fired. And then they brought in Pat Shermer, which we all know how good he was. Just ask Primetime. He's he fixed that offense last year. Once he got t- once he took over the OC job. Oh yeah. He sh- took over Sean Lewis's job and it was it was like, dude, see you scored at will. Is he still there? Yeah, he's gonna be their OC. I was joking about scoring at will. It was the exact same thing. Just a different OC. Flying Dutchman. Drew Locke is an interception machine. No way. Just scratch out interception there, Dutchman. Drew Locke is a machine. J.J. McCarthy would be a waste of three years. Um, My text thing takes forever to load, Angel. Why does it do this to me? I don't understand it. It's probably from people sending so many texts. I don't know. Dixon chiming in. Luckily, I have four million computers in here, so I don't need every. I don't need mine. Um, yes, Russ has had some bad issues in the past, but in this recent issue with the contract, he is not the bad guy. The Broncos mishandled it. 
Well, I'm just talking about, I just said the Broncos situation, the Broncos-Russ situation. And you could argue that the last two years is the situation. Situation was the guy on the Jersey Shore. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I, for me, I kind of take the first year and just that none of that happened. Really? See, and I, I use get that the big office time. stuff. I get all the the, stoop, the the goofy side stuff, but that seemed more like Hackett's a pushover type of coach. I can do what I want. This is me embracing my new self identity. I'm not with Pete Carroll anymore. I can do what I want. I'm my own guy. And now he's he's been woken up to the NFL and say, "Hey, Rush, you're the quarterback. You can't do that." Yeah, but it took Sean Payton to do it. So Sean Payton's the guy that saved him. Sean right. Payton's the guy so that set him straight. Save him again. No. Russ, they're counting you out. Wouldn't that be wild if they if they reconciled this thing? I I think it's possible. You really do? Yeah. Oh, I don't think they're it's possible. Professionals. Mm. It's, 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 these are new guys in the Airplane front line. Walmart guys. They don't know what they're doing. They, they're all about great value and getting the cheapest stuff. We're we're here for the premium stuff. Yeah. I don't even know if I want it to be done to to work out. I don't know. There's part of me that would say that would be kind of a cool thing if Russ redeems himself. Then you wouldn't you'd necessarily rather him redeem be... himself here or redeem himself somewhere well, else, you, and right, then it becomes right. What did the Broncos do to Russ? I would rather him not redeem himself somewhere else. He goes to Pittsburgh with Tomlin, and they start that winning games, suck. and it's yeah. What was what was wrong with you? Yeah, that would suck. I would not enjoy that very much. Uh, Big Hub says Mo Kamara's combine is today. Mo Kamara, I'd like to see him play for the Broncos. Number twelve. Yeah, no, no. You tried to trick me. I was like, wait, that's not his. No, I know what you're doing. Uh, is he a is he a third round guy? Fourth round guy? Man, he's third, he's he's stud. I would love that. Flying Dutchman says Russ is 100 percent gone. Really hope he lands with the Steelers. We probably will. Really hope that. Yeah. Why do you hope that Dutch? Dutchman is now Dutchman. second arch nemesis of the show. You want Russ to go to the Steelers and redeem himself, make Sean Payton look silly? You get Arch Nemesis music for that. Uh, oh, he says, I can't stand the Steelers. Okay, so he's doing it. Uh-oh. Aha! He reversed it. What's wrong with the Steelers? I don't know. I don't mind the Steelers. They're a fine football program. I, I like Mike Tomlin. Good coach. I've always liked Mike Tomlin. i take Mike Tomlin in a heartbeat over Sean Payton. Would you trade a first round pick for Tomlin? If I had, like, if, you had if I hadn't traded my first round pick yeah. for Sean Payton, yeah, I'd do a lot of things to get Mike Tomlin here. Twelve thirty six, the time. Let's jump out and get the latest on the local sports flash. Hey, what's going on? This is Justin Adams with CBS Four down in Denver, Colorado, and you're listening to the whole show on thirteen ten KSKA. Game Beer of the Week from Berthed Brewing. We got the Scottish Ale available for you there at On the Rocks Liquor. And tomorrow, their tasting is uh, from the Hart Distillery out of Windsor. They're going to be 
featured inside on the Rocks Liquor. They've got these cocktails in a can available for you. Root beer, uh, orange dream. These are already in a can ready to go for you. It's a ready-made cocktail for you. Check that out. Also, the the uh, the Black Russian coffee liqueur, liqueur that you can try. And then their bourbon will be on hand as well. At, from the Heart Distillery, located on the Rocks Liquor. These tastings are amazing, man. They bring in some really top-notch stuff. And maybe you're going to find your your next uh, beverage of choice. First Advantage text line, 888-530-0043. I, will get it, I am going to start diving more into what the Broncos could potentially do in the draft, not just in the first round. But honestly, it starts and stops with the quarterback in the first. They gotta go quarterback. I don't care. And I know a lot of the deep reporters in Denver and media are saying oh, the fans want a quarterback. No, no, no. It's not about the fans. The right thing to do is get a quarterback. Everybody else is doing it. You're falling behind year after year after year after year by trying to go after these retread quarterbacks and and try to make something of it. I thought the Russ thing might work out too, but it didn't. Let's stop with that experiment. You know, we it failed. Let's give it a rest for a while. It's time to get a young guy and try to grow him and try to get him to the point where you now have a competitor. You got you have a guy that can grow to compete with Patrick Mahomes. Because keep trying Russell Wilson. That's not going to work. You know, go get a Kirk Cousins. Well, they don't have the money to do that anyway unless Kirk is willing to do it for a sandwich. And I don't think that's the case. So we'll get into more of that. Um, don't look now, but the Colorado Buffaloes. Three-game win streak on gel. They beat Cal 88-78 to last night. I was wrong on my... I was close, though. I did say that yeah, I thought they'd cover 11.5. They win by 10. That was, again, they had to win this game. That was a must-win. If the Buffs want to go dancing... Got to win. How about K.J. Simpson? 27 points for him. Tristan De Silva, 22. Looked like an NBA player last night. Did all this without Cody Williams. Did all this with two guys coming off the bench to play. So they played seven dudes last night, and they beat Cal, who they lost to earlier in the year. They beat Cal 88-78. Yeah, puts you now squarely into fourth place in the Pac-12 um, with Stanford, Oregon State coming up in the next two out of three. They're two kind of low teams in Oregon is right in front of them. So three games in front. You win these three, is that good enough? Lenardi had them as a I first four out team this week. That was before they beat yes. Cal, or was that was that, that after was the from, Utah? I believe Tuesday. Okay, so they had one, they've had one win since then, and it was a game they were supposed to win. Uh, you win it. See, Mark was telling but us you yesterday. Swept Bronny James and the Trojans. That's true. You did sweep Bronny. That should say something. Mark was telling us yesterday that they they need to beat Cal and Stanford and then split the Oregon-Oregon State series. Well, if they win out, do they still have to win a game in the tournament? That will be that will be the question. Well, they're only three games out of number one in the Pac-12. Right. So that's going to be something to consider, too. The, the Buffs should be heavy three, favorites. Four seed in the tournament. Gets you more of a favorable matchup. I think they're going to do it, man. I think they're going to get in. They get, they got they don't play till Sunday now. They play Stanford on Sunday at seven o'clock. That game will be on FS1, and then they play the following Thursday, March seventh at Oregon, 
That'll be on ESPN2. So some opportunities to watch the Buffs. This is a good basketball team that just, for whatever reason, went through a really rough stretch there um, to start January off. That three-game losing streak in January really hurt them. You know, they, they went to Arizona without some of their guys and got absolutely blitzed. And then close loss to Arizona State, and then they had the debacle where they were up by 14 or whatever against Cal and lost that. So that three-game losing streak really might come back to bite them, but they're making up for it right now. Finding a way to do this. You've beaten Oregon and Oregon State already. Right. Stanford, you should you should be able to beat Stanford at home. I would think so. And now you got a lot of time off now. They don't play until Sunday. So they got a lot of time to try to figure this thing out. But there's a realistic shot that the Buffs are indeed going to go dancing. Flying Dutchman text in, how many playoff wins does Mike Tomlin have without Big Ben? Uh, I don't know. Does he have any? I know he gets to the playoffs. How many years has he not had Big Ben? Wasn't that long ago, was it? I don't think so. Says uh, Texter says probably very close to the number of playoff wins Mike Shanahan had without Elway. Uh, I bet you Mike Shanahan would have more. I know the Broncos won playoff games with Jake Plummer, his third year with the team. They made it to the AFC Championship game, so they at least won two. Is that it? Did Mike Shanahan only win two playoff games without Elway? I think that's right. Oh, so Roethlisberger's last year was 2021. Since and that year, they did go to the they went to the wild card, lost to the Chiefs, and then last year lost to the Bills. So zero. Shanahan has at least two, unless I'm missing something. Because they, who was who came after Elway? Uh, well, it was Brian Greasy. Right after, and they actually they were terrible the following year. But then the next year they made it back to the playoffs. But then they they ended up getting Jake Plummer, and they went to the playoffs three years in a row. Lost in the first round to Peyton Manning, twice in a row, and then they went to the AFC Championship in two thousand five. They beat the uh, who did they beat? They beat the Patriots. I don't know who they beat in the first round, but they beat and they lost to the Steelers. And the Steelers went on to win the Super Bowl that year. The Steelers have had Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. Yeah. Well, that's also true. I mean, they got to get him a better quarterback. Jake Plummer was still a pretty good quarterback. Very exciting quarterback to watch. And that year that they won two playoff games was the year that... They they weren't top seed, were they? In 2005. Maybe they only won one playoff game. But I know they went to the AFC Championship game. But I don't think they had the... I don't believe they had a first round, but maybe they had a first round bye and Shanahan's only won one playoff game without Elway, which would help my case that Mike Shanahan, love him, big fan, not a not a Hall of Famer in the Hall of Fame. You know, my my Hall of Fame is strict, as everyone knows. Broncos were a two seed. Okay. And beat they were New England in the second round and then lost okay. to Pittsburgh. So they got the bye because they were still giving the two seed the bye at that time. Yeah. Not as many teams were in. So Mike Shanahan, a C. Shanny lost in the playoffs with Greasy the following the two years after Elway. So 0-1. I want to say the next time they were in the playoffs was with Jake Plummer. And they lost in the first round. They lost in the first round again. So are they one and four? Is Mike Shanahan one and four without John Elway in the playoffs? 
Sounds like it. Sounds like it. I can't remember any other time. Pittsburgh was a sixth seed that year. Yeah. And they won it all. Yep. Uh, first advantage text line, 888-530-0043. Dixon says, on the uh, text line, if you guys want to get at us here, always uh, text the first advantage text line, 888-530-0043. They will not make up, meaning Sean Payton and Russ, as soon as the word benched was used after the Chiefs game, it was over. So then Russ is the good guy for coming out on a podcast saying he wants to be back in Denver. So th- isn't that kind of deceitful? Wouldn't that make Russ the bad guy in the poll question? You have to be a bad guy. Yeah. In order to have a good guy, Angel, you got to have a bad guy. What if there's a bad guy and a not-so-good guy? I guess you could go there. Who is it? Who's the bad guy? Is it the Broncos? I would say the Broncos. Mm. Russ is the not-so-bad guy. I think the Ru- Not-so-good guy. I, I think Russ is the deceptive bad guy. He's the one you think, oh, he's like a great guy. He's a good dude. You know, man, look at all the good things. In real life, is he a good guy? Yes, I'm talking about in sports. Keep that in mind. I love all the things. superheroes and comic books. I love all the things Russ does as a person. You know, all the things he does with, like, Children's Hospital. Those things, I'm I'm not talking about that. You know, Sean Payton, we know what he does, and he's not coaching football. Stuff he does. I don't know what he does, actually. But what I'm talking about, how you're handling your football business. And I think Russ is the bad guy when it comes to this, more so than I do the Broncos. But you're right. They're probably both somewhere in between. What if they take a Batman and Robin approach? Where, okay, Batman's getting up there and needs to find this young orphan child, and I'm going to raise you to fight crime. Russ is always Robin, dude. Well, you got to find your Robin. <laughs> He's always Robin. But there was three Robins. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you know Russ is that guy. He's Robin. Hey, what do you need there, boss? Yeah, what do you got? Yeah, he's Robin. Not like the darker version of Robin in some of the cool video games and comic books. He's like the... One that gets kidnapped by Joker. Yeah. Yes. Dark yeah. storyline. That is that is a very dark storyline. All right, 12.50 the time. Let's take a quick break. I'll wrap up hour number two. Coming up, we got buy or sell. More on the Denver Nuggets. Uh, more on the Denver Broncos. And then what do we learn? Coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. It's the whole show powered by Chevron. We're on Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. With Good Morning NoCo with Brian, Gary, and Tanner Schwint on Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. This is Christopher Dempsey, your Nuggets Insider from Altitude Sports, and you are listening to the whole show on 1310 KFKA. Welcome back into the whole show powered by Chevron. Uh, Aaron says, what's going to go down as one of the worst contracts in Denver? Chris Bryant to the Rockies or Russell Wilson for the Broncos? Well, Chris Bryant's still playing for the Rockies. So I would say the Russell Wilson deal, the trade, the contract extension, all of that is going to go down as the worst thing ever. Well, Bryant did hit a home run yesterday. See? From what I've been told. <laughs> I was sent a video on Twitter, so I assume that's... Is Tanner I'm... sending you videos now? Late at night? Angel, look at this one. Check this not one out, man. super late. Like, I'd say 7.30. Uh, 
Um, uh, Kay texting in. Five o'clock, actually. Oh, he's just getting excited. He's trying to get you excited. You know what he's trying to do. Hopeful. Kay says, bad guy is the one who paid the premium for a quarterback that Seattle would have given away. At least Seattle fans would have given away. Mark me down as Russ being a bad guy. He went on that podcast and he had an agenda. Otherwise, he should have kept quiet or he would have kept quiet. So you're saying they're kind of both the bad guy? I mean, they both screwed up. But you know, when the Broncos signed that contract, extended him, Russ and his agent were like, you got to do this. Because what's going to happen is my quarterback's going to go tear it up for you guys. And then he's going to go elsewhere. Got to take care of him now. You think George Payton just woke up and said, I feel like locking this guy down forever. Based on nothing. I'm just going to give him all of his money now. If he didn't have a reason to believe that Russ might not come back in two years, it absolutely began with the agent saying, and Russ, Russ's camp saying, hey, you better, we got, we want to get this contract done now. And George Payton went for it. But I don't think George is the one who called and said, hey, 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 quick question, Russ. You, uh, you wouldn't want more money, would you? Because <laughs> we're, we work for Walmarts now. It's practically growing here, and I honestly don't know where to put it all. I don't know what to do with all of it. But I'll call you to take less money. (laughs) Well, now we get in trouble for giving you too much money. All right, uh, final hour of the show. Buy or sell. Coming up next.